Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. Where do you know if that's a man or a GT? It's always hard to tell. Still hard to tell. Can't tell. Anyway, it's Amanda. Hey. I think my voice cracks a little bit more than GT does, but. GT living the dink dream lifestyle is at another undisclosed international location. So Amanda is filling in for our uh, jet-setting younger brother. Is that the third trip in two months? I mean, where is it? Peru? Peru? Where else did they go? Then they went to Mexico. They went back to Mexico, right? And what was the third one? Uh, Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. Yeah, so they went to Peru, Costa Rica, Mexico (laughs) in two months. I think GT called it the Conquistador uh, tour while we're here. So the only thing more on fire than GT's jet setting lifestyle is our Philadelphia Eagles. Exactly. I mean, I'm not used to feeling this positive. It's really throwing me off. Yeah, last week I, uh, I it was hard to get motivated for the podcast because they just look so bad against a bad team. Whereas this week, you know, the thing about Denver was supposed to be their defense at least, and we put up a 50 spot on them. And, it, and sure, Brock Eisweiler, is, that helps a lot to get to that 50 spot, but it was pretty much them methodically beating them with both the running and passing game. So it was like a great mix. Jai had the long touchdown. It was just, it was, it was an absolute annihilation. Yeah, I thought it was really impressive that, you know, because in the early part of the season, everybody was complaining about the fact that they weren't using the, the rush enough, but I thought it was a really nice balance in the play calling of the rush and the pass and J train is a great addition. And I was a little nervous because Ertz was out this week and it seems like Carson has a really good uh, relationship with Ertz. And so I was kind of curious how he would play without his kind of go-to guy. But I thought he really still evenly distributed the ball amongst everybody. It was great to see. It was a great balance. We're actually starting this a little before the end of the game because it was just such a blowout. So we're over 50 points. So at the time that we're recording this, the rushing yards were close to 200 yards and the passing yards since Nick Foles went in the game with 10 minutes less, 222. So you talk about that run-pass balance that you're talking about is pretty much split almost down the middle. Wow, that's crazy. So, that you know, it's just there's we're running out of superlatives with this team. Even when, when there seems to be an injury, the next man up, that whole mentality, it, this team is just playing with such confidence right now, and it all starts with Wentz. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it just seems like the the locker room has such a good vibe with it going on right now. So you can yeah. really see it on the field. Yeah, they all seem to like each other. They all do goofy things anytime they make a good play. There's always some elaborate dance that they put together. You know, so that has to have good com- camaraderie to do those. And the passes that went through for those touchdowns, the one especially to Jeffrey, and then the one to Burton before the third touchdown before the end of the half were just money throws that pass to Burton was fantastic and as you said you know he comes off that play where it was the roughing the passer call and it looked like what did you what did you say the concussion protocol should have been going into full force and effect and then the next play throws an amazing pass a fantastic transition yeah that was the one we have hardly any negatives and we'll get some briefly later but the one thing I had was the one fail of the couple of fails that I had was concussion protocol Wentz <laughs> hit the turf pretty hard and I can't believe yeah. there's no concussion protocol in that yeah but then he just he just got right back up he seemed fine not that I'm saying that he was fine how hard the hit was but yeah well then on the very next play he throws that perfect ball to Burton so it didn't seem to have many any ill effects for as far as hopefully he's fine and it it was one of those things where it knocked him 
off, not enough to wor- really worry about it. I just that's the only thing that makes me nervous for the rest of the season is you know those plays. But you know because you see it, saw it with Deshaun Watson at practice, so it's at this point the only thing that's going to really deter a magical season is something happened to Wentz. Like I I used to say all these other injuries, but the Jordan Hicks injury that was a huge injury. Jason Peters, that was a huge injury, and it didn't affect them at all this week. The offensive line played great. The defense played great. So the next man up mentality, as long as Wentz can stay healthy, this team has a real shot. And right now, you know, nine weeks into the season, they're the best team in the NFL. That's a really good reminder, though, the the analogy with Deshaun Watson, where I mean, he had that fantastic game against Seattle last week even though they lost but really having a great season and then he goes out on an ACL injury in practice that is the only thing that makes me nervous is because Carson is just he is just improving so much I mean the and the throws that he's making this season I mean he just looks he looks like Tom Brady and I never thought I would say that but he looks fantastic I'm just I just continue to be impressed I'm not used to this feeling it's early in his career, and you know, as as Eagles fans, we're pessimists. But I take solace in the fact that before Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in in New England, New England was a moribund franchise that no one wanted to play for. And right. then all these championships later, so it can happen anywhere. And Wentz, you know, it's early, but he seems like the real deal. Do you, how do you view his relationship with Peterson at this point? I mean, they seem. They seem to have a very good working relationship. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. You can tell. Like, on the sidelines, they talk after every time he comes off the field. You know, they have discussions. They, they, they were saying in the, in the broadcast that he pretty much gets the game initial game plan from Fra- Frank Reich. So, Wentz works with Frank Reich in the beginning of the week. And then it goes from Reich to Peterson. And then they work together for the rest of the week. And then they go back and forth. And if Wentz wants to add something, they'll talk about it. And it sounds like it's just a real great dialogue between those three and the QB coach that, it, I mean, they're just, it, you know, they have to have a great relationship. And I, and for all the knocks that, you know, were early on with Peterson, there was never a knock that he was pretty good at developing QBs. And you're seeing that they just, they seem to always put him in the right position. Like you said, they were getting knocked on the play calling earlier in the season. They seem to be having the last laugh now. They seem to not have the same game plan week in and week out. They seem to adjust. They seem to have good, you know, have time game adjustments. So, yeah, they're clicking all cylinders. And the same with Schwartz and the defensive side. You know, the defensive line is extremely deep. The secondary has been a revelation. We always knew the safeties would be good, but we thought the cornerbacks would be weak. But the young safeties are playing great. These guys that they got as veterans that no one thought much of are playing great. They're playing at Pro Bowl caliber level. Uh, the one thing that, you know, my friend who is a New England fan said, slow your roll. You guys haven't really played anybody. And that's a legitimate point, but we're still putting up 50 against, you know, a really good defense. The number four DBUA defense coming in, the number one overall stat defense coming in. So it's not like we're doing this against, you know, a bunch of hodunk defenses. But that if there's one knock on the Eagles, they haven't played anybody really good for a while. But Carolina won again today, so they still seem legit. So it's not like we've had no impressive wins. And then going in the bye week, 8-1. and one. Yeah, I was, a, I was nervous about this game because we played just so horribly last week. I mean, we still came out with a win, so that's the ultimate positive. But the game was just ugly, and and it just seemed like we weren't really didn't, we couldn't really get a rhythm, and it was just very uneven and sloppy. So I was a little nervous with this week when you're going against. You know, I think wasn't Denver ranked one of the? They were ranked like the number one defense. I don't know what it was with DVOA, but I know that 
they had one of the higher ranked defenses. So I was I was nervous about this game. And then, I mean, from the start, because with the last few games, we've seen that they've just kind of started off slow and they seem to take a quarter or so to kind of get their rhythm going. But I thought this game, they just, they just kind of came out guns blazing and they put the, you know, the foot to the pedal and just didn't like go. Put the foot to the pedal? Well, you know, the pedal to the metal, whatever <laughs> you want to say. Foot on the gas, you know. I would say I just gave you the stats. They were number four DVOA. They were number one overall. So yeah, it, was, it wasn't like they did this against just a bunch of, uh, you know, some last in the league defense. Niners game and GT and I talked about this made us even a little more nervous than the Denver game because that was naturally going to be a letdown game after the big Monday night win against Washington and then going into that game. So they played like crap and they still won by plus 20. So that was never, that was something that I wasn't really surprised with. So this week, tell the focus was there. The only thing that makes me nervous is that they have a bye week. So they're probably going to be a little rusty when they come back and you know, the, the bye is good from an injury standpoint especially like Lane Johnson got a little nicked up. But other than they that, the injury well, he came back into the game. Oh, okay. I yeah, it was no big. He went to the locker room with something with his back, and then he kept like playing around with his knee a little bit, but he pretty much played and seemed fine. So I don't expect that to be anything significant, especially yeah. like, like I said, coming into the bye week. So Amanda talked about how awesome Carson is, how awesome this team is through nine weeks, the best team in the NFL. We'll get into a little bit later if there's anything that's, you know, makes us nervous. I think this was the week where all the teams in NFC made statement games. Eagles made a big statement game. Of course, the uh, Rams boat race, the uh, boat race, the Giants, uh, New Orleans won pretty easily. So the teams that are starting to separate themselves as as we're recording this Seattle's playing Washington Seattle is another you know big competition in in the NFC and especially with Russell Wilson how well he played last week so the the cream of the crop is definitely rising to the top of the NFC and I in a huge part of it is going to be home field advantage Seattle makes me nervous Seattle makes every Eagles fan nervous yeah yeah that's not yeah. going to change and yeah. w- let's be honest any team that we play in the playoffs will make us nervous no matter who it is that's true but <laughs> seattle just you know they've been they know what they're doing when it comes to the playoffs yeah of i'm course. less nervous about them in the regular season than the playoffs obviously when it counts well they keep a level they ahead. play at seattle and then right. they play they play at seattle and at la so that's going to show us a lot later in the season yeah and they still have the, big games and they still have to play the cowboys twice and the cowboys have been playing better and we don't know what's happened with the uh, Elliott suspension if it's going to happen or not keeps getting a stay seems like it's going to happen this season but he keeps getting these stays so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there and then of course the Wentz-Prescott rivalry is in full effect with Prescott being number two overall rated and Wentz number three and of course Deshaun was Deshaun Watson was number one and so he's out for the year so it's just it's a fun time to be an Eagles fan well I was going to say I don't have a Ray Didinger impact play of the game but I have a Ray Didinger stat of the the game hit me so Carson Wentz they flashed this up at the end of the season and I thought this was a crazy stat 23 touchdown passes through week nine for Wentz wow that's the most uh through nine games by a quarterback under 25 since Dan Marino in 1984 wow that's a great set so kudos oh. to CBS for finding that one but that, I said that's that's the that's the Diddy stat impact play of the game well, and, and everything I keep seeing, they keep throwing out the the last Eagles team to start off. Well, at the time, seven and one, now eight and one was the two thousand four team that, of course, went to the Super Bowl. And of course, the Eagles fan in me keeps yelling, "You're jinxing it!" 
They were talking about that a little bit with Ray Didinger this week on WIP, and he was saying that he still thinks that team was better, but that Wentz is the transcendent player, that Brian Westbrook was the better running back, but that was, of course, before they got the JHI trade, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays to the, West, the rest of the season. But I agree, Westbrook was definitely the better running back, and he, he was saying that he thought they still had a better secondary at the time, but you know now we're seeing how well the secondary's playing. I definitely think the team, this team has a better defensive line. I think they have better linebackers, assuming Kendricks and, and uh, Bradham can stay healthy through the rest of the season. But it's fun if you're comparing them to the team that went to the Super Bowl that's regarded as the best team in Eagles history. Yeah, I guess uh, when I was looking at my notes in terms of play of the game, um, I, I guess the Robinson pick with a minute 44 left in the first quarter is what I had looking back on it to seem to really stifle any momentum that Denver would have had. But it's not that I really thought that Denver really had any momentum, but you know, it puts them up 17, three at the end of the first quarter. I thought that was a good momentum swing, but again, it's kind of hard to pick one in this game where they just seem to never let, let off. It was, it seemed like it was good to go the whole time. It was never, I never worried about it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why yeah, I was the, like, there's no Ray did a back play of the game because it was just, it was just like, there was never a doubt ever. Well, I was a little, I was a little nervous. Well, as I said, I just, because the last few games they've started off so slow. So after Denver has that good opening drive, you know, it was nine plays for 41 yards, I believe it was, you know, in the beginning of the game thinking, okay, this is going to be interesting. But then, the literally the next drive that the Eagles are on the field, they they score a touchdown with that uh, loft to Jeffrey for thir- the 32 yard touchdown pass. So you know it was it's hard to come up with uh, negatives. My only negative, and I'm being nitpicky, is Carson had two good, really nice throws to Jeffrey that he just dropped that were in his hands that he just dropped. There might have been more because you know we jumped on this call early and I might have missed something, but at least in the I think it was in the first half. Jeffrey had two drop balls that he normally, I feel like, would have caught. But that, those, that's nitpicking. No, they pulled all the starters at the end of the game. It was all second string. With the yeah. interesting stat on the negative side, well, I was going to get to one negative that's I didn't have on my list. But if you could have one knock on the defense right now, besides the garbage points at the end of the game, which I'm not too worried about, is... They seem to let uh, teams in the beginning of the game really march straight down the field, but then they usually hold them to three. But against the Redskins, they let them march right down the field, and now this week against the Broncos. And I can't remember the other game recently where it was like the first drive, they, they seem to just let them march straight down the field. Even, I think even the San Francisco game, they may have gotten a field goal. I can't remember, but I, I vividly remember thinking, come on, D. Each week, it seems like they, they let the opposing offense just march straight down the field, but then, of course, seem to make good adjustments once the game happens. Interesting. I didn't think about that, but now that you say that, you're right. I remember pretty much every game, them allowing them to do that. Maybe it's just their way of kind of thinking, all right, I'm going to see where this goes and then make adjustments accordingly. I don't know. But as well as the Eagles and Wentz have played all year, the other interesting stat was Alshon Jeffrey and the entire Eagles receiving core. There hasn't been one receiver with a 100-yard game all season. Wow. So Jeffrey had a really good game, six receptions, 84 yards, two touchdowns, but still no 100-yard game. So if he if he doesn't drop those two balls, there's your 100-yard game. I thought Selleck seemed to have a lot of uh, yards in the first half. Do you know what his stats were? He had a lot of yak. 
okay. yards after the catch. So right. he had three catches of 39 yards, but he's so much better in the blocking game that I'm not surprised that they ran the ball so well since Ertz is the world's worst tight end blocker. <laughs> Could learn something from Selleck on the blocking front. That was the one knock on Denver's defense is they weren't good against the tight end. So you thought Ertz would be a huge loss for them. And I'm sure it was in a way, but the, the tight end still combined for five catches, about 80 yards and a touchdown including that, you know, that awesome play to Burton. So they definitely still exploited that that hole. Yeah. So well, let's just get through the rest of the negatives, negative since there wasn't many. I mentioned, I mentioned the concussion protocol. It bothers me that as much as I love our, our field goal kicker, who's been a revelation, and sorry, Caleb, it was nice knowing you, but you're never getting back on this team. He still misses <laughs> too many extra points. He makes the, the huge, you know, 61-yard field goals, consistently making field goals that are 40, 50 yards, and then it's when it's chip shots, he chokes. I don't understand that. Yeah, so that that just bothers me because I feel like there's going to be some point that's going to haunt them. And then I knew we were not in trouble at all with Brock Eisweiler as the starting QB. I knew we weren't in general, but did you see like the the shot of him when they showed like the starting quarterback with that slick back hair? No, I missed that. Yeah, you, your starting Q- QB cannot have hair like that in his like profile <laughs> shot. Maybe like Tom Brady's <laughs> the one person that maybe can get away with it, but other than Tom Brady, your QB can't be sporting hair like that. Unless you're married to a supermodel, you yeah. can't have slick back hair. But even when Tom Brady was doing that whole thing where he was really stepping out with Giselle and they were at the Met Balls, this is for all you football fans who are really into fashion. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady was doing this look where he had like the lopsided hair where one side was really long and the other side was really short. And even Tom Brady couldn't get away with that. It's like, come on, dude. You're, you're not a fashion model. You're an NFL player. You look good. Trying too hard. Yeah, exactly. Definition of trying too hard. Well, we could sit here for 35 minutes to talk about all the positives. I'll just list all the positives I had, and then you can can pick off any that you thought should be worth discussion. So, of course, Wentz, we already talked about that. He's awesome. We love him. He might be the best QB in the league. He might be the league's MVP. There's, There's really not much more we can say about him. Everybody knows how awesome he is. Defense has been playing great. I, you know, there's so many players you could call out. Like you could literally call out the entire defensive front. You could call out Kendricks had another great game. Bradham had another great game. The entire secondary had a great game. I wrote down the Steelix Burton combination in the absence of Ertz. Uh, third down conversion was good in the beginning. I think they start. They finished not as good. I want to say the final stat was uh, five out of twelve. Um, which isn't great, but it was the number one uh, third down converging offense against the number one rated defense uh, third down of, of the Broncos. So five of 12, even for the end of the game, isn't terrible. But in when it really mattered, they were awesome on third down. Uh, that was a huge thing. Offensive line played really well, uh, especially Vitae against Von Miller. Uh, you know, Lane Johnson was up against Von Miller most of the game, but also he switched to the Vitae side, and you know, Von Miller didn't do much of anything. Yeah, I think I, I think I, we gotta give Vitae a little bit more credit. He's doing better than. We all thought he would, and considering the circumstances, so hopefully he continues to play well. If you listen to the guys that really break down the film, they said that Vitae actually played pretty well last week, and that the blitz, the blitzes, and the sacks were not really his fault. This was a much bigger challenge this week, so everybody was nervous. So uh, yeah, on third down efficiency, they ended up five five out of thirteen, which is not great, uh, but that's a misleading stat because, like I said, those most of those misses were in the second half when the game was already pretty much done, right? And they're pretty much just trying to write the clock. I was at Ajayi, of course, but the entire run game. Clement had two touchdowns, or he may have third, but he might have three. I think he had one late. 
the entire running back crew, the running back by committee seems to be, you know, seems to be just working wonders. And now with the Jai in there, the J train, like you said, that's really going to take the running game to a completely different level. Anything you want to call out in that entire, like I said, you could give, you could give a game ball to literally the entire team, except I guess there was the big run back. The special teams gave up. So besides the extra point, there was the run back. So the only team that didn't get a a gray was probably special team. Yeah. That when they gave up that, what was it like the 45 yard return? Yeah. That led to a field goal. Yeah. That led to a field goal. Yeah. I had that written down. Uh, I mean, I agree with you on all fronts. My big, notes were um, the the Burton and uh, Selleck combination. As I, I mentioned earlier, I was a little nervous about Ertz being out, um, but I thought Selleck and Burton really stepped up to the plate and taking over the tight end tight end responsibilities. I thought they did a great job. And yeah, I agree with you. The running backs, they look really balanced. I mean, it's great to have J-Train on board, but I think we still need to give a lot of credit to the existing running backs. I mean, they're just doing, it's just impressive how well-rounded the offense looked this game. Stay that way as the more difficult game games come up you know who i just realized got buried in the depth chart uh wendell smallwood oh wow yeah because the third running back was always clement it was never smallwood oh yeah you're right so the knock on him lately is he was he was terrible against the blitz pickup so that seems to have him buried in the bench he finished with five carries or 25 yards but that must have been in garbage time with Foles because i was just gonna say did he even play yeah. i don't even have any notes on Smallwood. yeah <laughs> I didn't even realize he played at all. Yeah, exactly. So that's not a good sign for him. Yeah. <laughs> I was so pleasantly surprised by this game. I just, I couldn't believe that it was that much of a blowout. I thought this was going to be a really close game. So it was really nice to see it be a relaxing viewing of an Eagles game. 50 spot. You know, you look in the archives, the last time we scored 50, it's been a long, 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 long time. Yeah, they also had that stat. Eagles were third in terms of the point differential. Did you see that stat they had up? The teams that are winning a lot of games are going to have the best, you know, win differential. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, it was the Rams, uh, somebody else in the Eagles. Like, Rams were number one, though, and they did a 50 spot against the Giants, so they're going to lead that that stat still. Then the Eagles will probably be second after this after this week. So who's the first game after the bye? Uh, I want to say it's Cowboys. That's let's, what I thought, let's look but at I the, wasn't sure. Let's look at the <laughs> Eagles' schedule. Sunday night against the dreaded Cowboys. At Ugh. Cowboys. Ugh. Wow. NBC, what a way to go back into things. NBC is so excited about this. That mm-hmm. game is going to get monster ratings. Absolutely. Ugh. Cowboys. <laughs> I was getting so upset yesterday because we were watching the Oklahoma State game mm-hmm. and, and Brian or my husband kept saying the Cowboys. I'm watching the Cowboys and I kept just thinking it was the Dallas Cowboys and I'm getting very unnecessarily angry. <laughs> He's like, calm down. It's, it's not the Dallas Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. We got to take them down. That was, that's the last the last bastion of, you know, that's not true. They also play the Seahawks. So the rest of the season, this you know, I, I think we all agree they're going to make the playoffs at this point unless something crazy happens. But it's going to be two games against the Cowboys and then that West Coast trip where they play at Seattle at L.A. two weeks in a row. It's going to be a rough couple of weeks. Hey, the good teams, you know, we know they're going to have a couple more losses, but you hope that don't do anything worse than split against the Cowboys and then they win one of those two out West. I I would be happy with two and two. Ideally three and one, but you don't want to go one and three in those games. Yeah, I think that's fair. It was very fun. Last week, I got to watch the game in Philly. I wasn't at at the game, but I was... uh, 
in Philly for a conference. So I got to watch the game surrounded by Eagles fans. And they're just so comical. Led by our crazy parents. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There was a lot of uh, under the breath cursing going on from from our dear old dad <laughs> <laughs> and you know his coaching that you know if only peters had listened to him then they would never lose a game ever yeah well if that was <laughs> nfl it was an nfl coach especially for the eagles we would have 102 super bowls even though <laughs> right. there hasn't been 102 super bowls to be handed out because that's how good of a coach he is <laughs> you gotta catch the ball to catch it <laughs> But there was definitely some drunk dude at the bar who was, like, groping on some other woman wearing Eagles gear. I'm like, oh, Philly. You say say classy, Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was definitely a couple of, we're going to Minnesota shouts when we scored a touchdown. And it just sounds so sad when it's, we're going to Minnesota. It's an exciting (laughs) tone. No, but that's the great thing about this year. That's why we have as great of a shot as we've ever had because we, we go to crappy cities for Super Bowls. We are the we are the best team when it comes to crappy Super Bowl cities. Well, that I guess that's half true because the time they made it in uh, 1980 with uh, Jaworski, I'm pretty sure most positive was New Orleans. So that's a great okay. Super Bowl city. Yeah, that's but true. Jacksonville is definitely least worst Super Bowl town in America. It's like the <gasps> worst NFL town in America. So it's got to be the worst Super Bowl town in America. To be fair, I have been to Minneapolis in the summer and it is a delight, but. I can't imagine it's as delightful when it's zero degrees outside. Yeah, that's the problem. (laughs) So to all our Minnesota fans out there. (laughs) Yeah. There are approximately zero. All right. Any any final thoughts as we as we get out of here? I just hope that they continue to do what they're doing. And uh, that's all I gotta say about that. That's great analysis, Amanda. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's how you come to the Brotherly Love Eagles podcast for great analysis like that. <laughs> well, I would post an adorable photo of mini Carson Wentz, <laughs> a.k.a. my son, who has red hair. Uh, he was very excited when I kept yelling, go Eagles. It seemed like he was trying to say go Eagles, and he started yelling. It was very cute and adorable. But I'm going to post that on, on our Facebook page for sure, that photo. That's a good idea. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, I, and then I'm going to, and then on Twitter, I'm going to do it and, and uh, shout out Carson Wentz and see if he retweets it yes do it <laughs> carson wentz jr i love it but that kid <laughs> that kid is freaking adorable he is pretty darn cute i hope i hope mom's right that he's the eagles good luck charm this year that would be pretty fantastic that would be pretty hilarious that <laughs> <laughs> the eagles win a super bowl and this kid has no idea how lucky he really is <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh yeah you know they won the super bowl the day i was born they don't do this all the time all right well with that we'll, we'll catch you next time for another edition of barely about the eagles podcast but nothing but love for our Eagles. Eight and one. Woo! Next time.